0: If you're a guest here this morning and you filled out a guest card, if you didn't happen to turn it in the offering, you can put it on the information table on your way out back there. We'd appreciate that this morning. And also, we do pick up chairs um, after the service, up just the ones up front. You don't have to pick up all those back there, just the ones in the rows. Um, you know, I uh, want to share this morning from a scripture in John, the 21st chapter, I'm going to read I'm going to read you uh, an incident after Jesus' death and resurrection. He appeared to the disciples and in John 21 beginning at the first verse it says after these things Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the sea of Tiberias and in this way he showed himself Simon Peter Thomas called the twin Nathanael of Cana in Galilee the sons of Zebedee Zebedee and two others of his disciples were together. And Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. And they said to him, We are going with you also. And they went out and immediately got into the boat, and that night they caught nothing. But when the morning had come, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Then Jesus said to them, Children, have you any food? And they answered him, No. And he said to them, Cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast, and now they were not able to draw it in, because of the multitude of fish. You know, this story is after Jesus' death and resurrection and before his ascension into heaven. And it's a time for Peter, and you know, it talks about Peter here responding. And you know, this is a time for Peter after he had denied Jesus three times. It had to be kind of a hard time for him, I would think. You know, knowing what he had done in denying Jesus and and he saw Jesus die, and, and he did see him rise again. And I'm sure he was struggling, and maybe in his own mind with a lot of things. And what we find here is Peter says, Peter said to the other disciples, let's go fishing. And I think sometimes when we're in situations, I've, I've watched people, I've watched myself, that at times when we're in situations where something's not going right, or something's not going the way it should, or or we're going through a hard time, or, or things have changed, there's a tendency in us to go back to what we know. And I don't think that's always wrong. I don't think it's always wrong. But there there's a tendency to go back to a place where we're comfortable. And I think for Peter, I think for him, he was comfortable fishing. You know, it's what he had done all of his life. And so I think there's something about this that Peter says, you know what? I'm going to do what I always do and what I know to do and let's just go fishing now going back to what you know and what you're comfortable with may be okay and it may not you know it's 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 neither neither good nor bad uh, it depends on the situation depends on what you're doing and depends on why you're doing it and, and it depends on God's plan a lot of things so so just the fact that he said let's go fishing doesn't make it bad you know maybe it was just you know hey let's let's just go do this but what we find is that, you know, the disciples, they were, grew up fishing. Now, it's interesting to me, um, when my dad retired, my dad uh, got very interested in fishing. And uh, I went out fishing with him a few times on Lake Erie, not too many, because I usually got sick and I ruined everybody's trip. So I didn't go too many times. But one of the things I know is that, you know, these guys were experts. They did it for a living. So they had to know all the secret spots for fishing. You know, now Now they have uh, fish finders. You know, you can go out and you can find them. My dad, Chris Alexander, used to laugh. My dad would be going along Lake Erie, and Chris tells the story. He says, we'd be going along full blast on a boat. And he said, all of a sudden, he said, your dad would say, stop the boat. And he said, I'd say, what? He says, stop the boat. I smell fish. And so Chris would go, we'd stop the boat and we'd catch fish, <laughs> you know. And uh, that wasn't their fish finder, but he said it, it worked. He said he somehow he, could, he smelled something. He said and a lot of times it was fish. Now, I think I kind of relate to it because I got a pond and every once in a while I smell fish. You know, the other day I thought, man, I smell fish. So I think there is something to that. But, you know, we have fish finders. But, you know, I'm sure the disciples, they'd fished the Sea of Galilee all their life. You know, they were experts at this. I'm sure they knew where the fish were usually. And if you've ever been with somebody fishing and they don't catch fish, you know, the fish aren't biting. It doesn't take long. They go, let's move. Let's move. We've got to find another spot. There's somewhere else. Or let's switch bait. Or let's switch lures. Or let's, we've got to do something different. So you've got to believe that these disciples, I would think, after fishing all night, I'm sure they moved a lot. I'm sure they tried all kinds of things. I'm sure they'd done everything they knew to catch fish. The Bible says they caught nothing. They caught nothing. All night, they didn't catch anything. You know, that's got to be somewhat of a frustration, you know, for a fisherman especially. That's what you're out there doing. You're trying to catch fish all night. And they were throwing nets. I'm sure it was a lot of work. It was hard. They fished all night and caught no fish. I have to believe at that point that maybe God was involved in this whole thing. That that wasn't just an accident, that they fished all night and didn't catch anything. And so that's the situation. They caught nothing. I believe a lot of that has to do, and not always, I believe in this situation, God was going to show them something. I believe he was at work in this situation. The other thing is, I think sometimes when we do things, we do it in our own ability, We do it in what we know. We do it, and that's nothing wrong with that. But you know, our own ability and what we know only takes us so far. I want you to turn to Proverbs. Proverbs, the third chapter. Very common verse, but in Proverbs 3, verse 5. A verse we hear a lot. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. And, you know, the disciples were doing what they didn't best. I believe they were going to be shown something here. And that scripture, when it says lean not on your own understanding, you know, God gives us abilities. He gives us intelligence. And I believe we should use that to our fullest. I don't think he says, well, just throw all that away. But I believe he also wants us to understand that there's times in life you can't lean on your own understanding. I don't care how much you know. I don't care what kind of an expert you are. I don't care how much you can figure things out. I don't care how much you've seen things happen. You can't lean on that understanding. We have to understand that God wants us to lean on him. He wants us to trust him. And it's very difficult sometimes for us because if you're good at something, if you're good at something, you know how to do it, it's hard not to just trust yourself because you're good at it. And I believe even as good as these disciples were at fishing, I believe that God wanted to teach them something in this process. That he wanted to teach them a couple things, and one of them was not to lean on their own ability. Because he says, you know what? You fished all night, and you've got zero. So their own understanding didn't get them anywhere. Okay, now, the word comes then, and Jesus, standing on the shore, says, cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you'll find some. Now, these boats aren't, I don't, I don't know. They couldn't have been very big. I mean, from the left side to the right side of a boat, I don't, know how, I don't know how big they were, but maybe it was 10 feet, maybe, at the most. So, you know, if a fish is none here and they're over here, I don't know, somebody told me to throw a net on the other side of the boat. I would probably say, I've done that. I've been on that side three times tonight. We've tried both sides of the boat. We've been in 10 different places. We've tried everything. But, you know, they were told to do it, and it says they did it. They did it. They cast the net on the right side of the boat. And what did they get? They got a multitude of fish, a multitude of fish. Now, I believe at this point, God is trying to show them something. Number one, don't lean on your own understanding. You can't figure it out. Try to figure that out. You can sit, you can sit and try to figure that out all day long. There are some things in life you can't figure out those sometimes frustrate me. If you're a figure, if you're a logic person, if you want answers, those kind of things will mess with you. You know, it doesn't make sense. Not everything that God asks us to do will make sense all the time to us. And it doesn't have to always make sense to me because I don't have to lean on my own understanding. I don't have to lean on my own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he will direct your paths, even if it doesn't seem to make sense. And this story, to me, doesn't make sense. And so Jesus said, cast your nets on the right side of the boat. They did it. What else was Jesus trying to teach Peter? I believe he had a lesson here for Peter because at the end of this story, he addresses Peter specifically. Well, if you look back in Matthew, the fourth chapter, In Matthew, the fourth chapter, the 19th verse. Starting in 18, Jesus walking by the Sea of Galilee saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea because they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. That was their first call. First call, Jesus says, follow me, and what am I going to do? I'm going to make you fishers of men. The Bible says they left their nets. They left that and followed him. In our story today, what did Peter say? I'm going fishing. I'm picking those nets back up, and I'm going fishing. And I believe Jesus is saying, look, Peter, I called you to follow me. And I called you to be fishers of men. And, you know, you're kind of reverting back, and I want to show you something. If you follow me and trust me, it's going to be different. It's going to be different. And so, so now Peter is, is maybe, maybe piecing some things together. Maybe he's starting to think, wow. Wow. What's going on? Did you ever? I don't know if you've ever been in situations in life when you kind of just kind of sit there and think, "I know something's going on, I just don't know what it is." I know, I know something's happening, I'm just not sure what it is. Now, for me personally, that makes me feel kind of uncomfortable sometimes. I kind of get uncomfortable because I, I, what You know, what do we want to know? I want to know what's going on. I want, I want answers. I want answers. I want to know. And I believe there's just a lot of things in life, if we're really honest, we just don't know. We just don't know. We're to acknowledge him. We're to acknowledge him. On a personal level right now, and and I don't know, but on a personal level, as I look at our society, as I look at things going on around us, I personally think something's going on. That's, I mean, you know, I'm like, something's going on. Now, makes me uncomfortable, I guess, to one extent, because I want to know what's it mean for a year from now. What's it mean down the road? What does it mean? What does it mean? I just know something's going on. I remember a few years ago, a few years ago, there was a lot of comment about the European Union that when all these countries got together, that that was a sign of the end because all these countries getting together would be going a one-world government and all these things were going to happen, this was all the direction. Now all of a sudden, England pulls out. And I'm and I'm thinking, okay. Now, what's that about? And I hear people saying all kinds of things, That well, it's going to mean this, it's going to mean that, it's going to mean this. I think it's going to mean something. <laughs> you know? I think it's going to mean something. I'm not sure exactly what yet. I just kind of feel like Things are stirring. I just feel like there's, there's a sense of stir in the world around us, even in, in nature. You know, the, the Bible says the whole earth groans as it waits for the return of the whole earth. I wonder, what does the earth look like when it groans? I don't. You know, kind of a funny thing, you know, groaning. When the earth groans, maybe when it groans it has storms, earthquakes. I don't know what the earth does when it groans, You know, maybe things start happening. You know, but we look around us and we say, wow, something's going on. Something's going on. What's the direction? What's the direction? And as Peter, as Jesus says, as Peter, Peter, he says, you know, you reverted back to fishing. And then in verse, um, back in John 21, in verse 15, It says, so when they'd eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? And Peter said to him, yes, Lord, you know I love you. This had to remind him of his denial because of three times Jesus asked him. And he said, then feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? And he said, yes, Lord, you know I love you. And he said, tend my sheep. And he said to him a third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? And Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. I'll make you fishers of men. Remember, Peter? That's what I told you when I called you. That's what I told you when I called you. I want you to be fishers of men. I want you to do what I tell you. I want you to follow me. I want you to obey me. And so as we look at this story what does it say to us what's he told us what's he told us in matthew 28 18 right before jesus left and ascended into heaven he says very familiar words he tells the disciples he says all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the close of the age. You know, He has spoken to the disciples and He's spoken to us. We're to go and make disciples. We're to be fishers of men. We're to be fishers of men. How do we do that? How do we do that? How did he tell the disciples? You know, I think this story also says, you know, listen to me. You tried it in your own. You tried it in your own understanding. You tried to figure it out all night long. Put your net on the other side of the boat. Doesn't make sense. But he says, trust me. Trust me because I want you to be fishers of men. So I think as individuals, Jesus says to us, trust me to show you who to talk to. You know, sometimes, I don't know, maybe we have fear. I think a lot of people have fears about sharing their faith with somebody. But, you know, we need to ask the Lord, Lord, who do you want me to share with? Show me. Show me some. Who, who can I talk to? Show me which side of the boat. Show me where. Show me. Show me somebody wherever it is. Who could I call? Who could I invite? When can I do it? Sometimes timing is critical. Now, I think it's better to do it than wait forever and do nothing. Okay? That's just my my own side note on that. If you're always waiting for the right time, if you wait long enough, you won't do anything. You know? The Bible says that uh, the Lord will direct our steps. Well, you've got to be moving to do it. So I think it's better to be moving sometimes and, and doing and reaching and let God direct those steps. And when we invite, when we reach out, don't worry about the response, it's not always positive. When I was in sales, and one of the hardest things in sales is to remember, they they say statistically you get seven no's for a yes. That's just in practical, you know. So you know, if, if you talk to somebody, you might you gotta go through seven no's, you gotta go through seven rejections to get a yes. Maybe. Possibly, maybe one. If somebody says no, that doesn't mean no forever. It just means no today. Now, for some of us, if we share with somebody and they say, I don't want to hear about it, we go, okay, I'll never speak to them again. I always think, well, they just meant today. That's, just my, that's kind of my take on it. Oh, well, they, just, they just meant no for today. Okay, I'll, you know. but that doesn't mean down the road that we might have an opportunity. That we might have an opportunity. So I think as individuals, we need to pray, Lord, show me. Show me. Help me to see past what I think has always been the right way to do that. You know, sometimes we develop patterns on how we think we should share with people. I like, I like the idea of, of letting people ask questions, you know, and see their response. And then if, as, as they ask more questions, you talk to them more. When they quit asking questions, you quit talking. You know, when they're done, then that's enough for now. But, you know, we have to be willing to share. We are fishers of men. We are fishers of men, and we need to be guided as the Lord directs us. And I believe as a church, it also pertains to us the same. I believe that in the church, what worked last year won't necessarily work this year or 10 years ago or 15 years ago or 20 or 30 or 40 I think personally that the church is behind reaching the world, that the world is at a different place and the church is kind of still at the same place. I remember, I remember it being said long time ago, I mean, you know, back in my childhood, that, you know, the r- biggest evangelical outreach in our church at that time was ringing the bell. The theory was, yeah, they rang, and you know what time they rang that bell on Sunday morning? I think it was about 6 o'clock in the morning. There was times when I think, if I remember right, that we were quite a ways, but if the wind was blowing the right direction, you could hear. There was people went down, because they rang it to remind people that it was Sunday morning and that they needed to come to church. They rang it ahead of time. And that that was the idea behind it was to ring the bell. That doesn't work anymore. Number one, we don't have a bell here, but it doesn't work because... People don't live that close to their church anymore. You know, people don't, you can ring, you can ring a bell, but you're probably going to get accused of waking somebody up. You're probably going to irritate the neighbors. It's different now. But that's, that's just a little thing. I believe the world around us, I think and I pray, Lord, what could we as a church do to reach people around us? Well, you know, first of all, you've got to figure out what's their need. You've got to figure out how can I reach out to them. It's not how can I stay here and, uh, oh, we'll have a picnic and they'll all show up. They don't want to come to your picnic. Now, you, you might get some people. I'm not saying you shouldn't invite somebody to the picnic, okay? But there's not a lot of people wait, looking around to come to a church picnic because you have one. Or because we put up a sign that says, having a church picnic, everyone's welcome. I believe the church needs to figure out and more and more try to find out what can we do in the community to reach the people there. It's not here, it's there. And we got to think about which side of the boat. Maybe we're fishing out of the left side of the boat. Maybe it's... Put your nets on the right side to boat. Maybe I'm thinking that what worked five years ago should work today. Now, let me say this and all of this. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. The Bible never changes. The message never changes. But the people around us change, and their needs change. The world changes. How we reach the world will change. And I believe the church, the biggest thing we need to do is hear the Lord say, put your nets here. Do this. That is one of my my personal prayers is, Lord, show us what we're supposed to do. And help us not think, that well, that worked before. Let's do that again. We can't lean on our own understanding. We have to hear what God's saying to us today for tomorrow for tomorrow because I believe, I believe it's changing fast. I don't know what it's going to look like a year from now. I don't know what the needs are going to be. I don't know know what's going to be happening. But I believe as a church, God would prepare us and have us ready to meet those needs, whatever they might be. But to do that, we have to be able to hear from him. We have to be able to know what's he saying to us. What's he saying to you as an individual? What's he saying to you? you know, what's, he, what's he saying to you about what you need to do to reach those around you? It'll be different for everybody. It'll be different for everybody. You know, every situation is a little different. And I believe he knows our personalities, you know. He'll, he'll, he'll work with whoever we are, however we are, and I believe as a church, then, that he has something for us to do. And that's one of my biggest prayers. Lord, show us what it is you want us to do so we're ready for what's going to happen. You know, it's the only way I think we can be ready. People say, well, what do you think? Sometimes they'll say, what do you think we ought to do to get ready? Well, I think to get ready for whatever's coming, you just need to hear what God's saying. Because I believe he will always have his people ready if we listen. He'll always have us ready so that we can share, help, be his hands and feet, share the message of the gospel in any situation, whatever it is. And I believe that becomes very critical, very critical. And that then the church can be a witness, a light to the world, a light to the world around us. That's what he's called us to do, fishers of men, fishers of men. He didn't call us to have an organization to, you know, nothing wrong with that and we can get together and we can do a lot of fun things together and we can have a lot of activities together. We can do whatever it is together and that's all a plus. But mostly he's called us to be fishers of men. Mostly he's called us to reach out to the world around us. That's what he wants us to do. That's his love for the world. And we're the vehicle that he's going to use to do that. And so as you pray about that, number 1, pray what you can do as an individual. You know, pray, pray, Lord, show me. You know, I think about, you know, vacation Bible schools coming and, you know, it's neat and we do it and we, you know, we do it for our kids, but it's an opportunity. I see it as an opportunity. It's an opportunity to reach out to children to people around you you know it's an opportunity to bring children that that you may see next door or, or your nieces or nephews or grandchildren you know it's an opportunity it's an opportunity to reach out an opportunity to bring in people you know to reach the lost because we're fishers of men it's not an you know it's not about having kids you know but it's about reaching you know, we're fishers of men. And that's what we need to be about, to be about. And so then as individuals, we do it. And as a church, we do it. Keep praying, Lord, show us what we're supposed to do. Show us what we're supposed to do. It's kind of it's kind interesting. One of the pluses, I guess, of starting new is it's a clean slate, you know, to some extent. Now, we bring all baggage with us, but it's a clean state Slate. You know, we got all these ideas about how we used to do it or how it used to be or how we thought it, you know, it's a, I see it as a clean, you know, we can do whatever God might show us to do, you know, whatever he might show us to do to be, make a difference in our community, make a difference in the area. How can we be fishers of men? And so pray about that. Pray that the Lord shows us. Cause I believe, I believe he will. I believe he will. He'll show us. He'll guide us. If we look to him, if we don't lean on our own understanding, acknowledge him in all our ways, and then he will direct our path. That's my prayer for us as individuals and as a church. Let's all stand. Heavenly Father, we just ask you, Lord, to help us to hear from you. Lord, give us that desire. Help us remember that we're to be fishers of men. Lord, we do all kinds of other activities. We're involved in a lot of other stuff. But most of all, Lord, you want us to be fishers of men. So, Lord, speak to our hearts. Lord, help us to see people around us and those that are looking for you. And those that are looking for you and don't even know they're looking for you. Lord, help us as a church to be your hands and feet, to be witnesses, to share your love with those around us. Lord, help us to know how you want us to do that. Make it clear to us. And Lord, we thank you that no matter how things change and no matter what goes on in the world around us, Lord, you're still in charge. You know exactly what's going on. And you'll have us ready to do whatever it is you need us to do at the right time. So Lord, we thank you for that. Thank you for being with us. Lord, I pray if there's anyone here this morning that, Lord, has a personal need, something they would like prayer for this morning. Lord, you would just encourage them to come up and let Rose and Jim pray for them this morning. Lord, we thank you that we can gather together and pray for one another and share our burdens with one another and, and allow you to work in our hearts and lives. Lord, just uh, encourage anyone who has a need to come up front when the, when we close. Lord, we thank you for your presence with us. Lord, we thank you for the rain that you sent. Thank you for providing for all of our needs. Lord, we just ask you to bless each and every one that's here and just be with us as we depart. We just pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen.